Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Bennett Carroll here with the My Fantasy Fix podcast focusing on DFS football looking at week one. I am joined, as always, by Skeeter Robinson. Skeeter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, we're recording this on Friday afternoon of uh, the PGA Championship, and of course I got to play two months ago, and I have a couple of teams that are doing really well, so I might be getting a little nervous just kind of watching the uh, the uh, afternoon groups come in, trying to get those six of sixes, but uh, also ready for uh, for some football here in about a month, and boy, preseason's already got us some uh, big news that we have to deal with. Yeah, some injury news coming out through the the first few games of week one. Uh, a couple guys really making some good impacts. But since this is the first episode we're really doing together, why don't why don't we start by introducing ourselves, Skeeter? Why don't why don't you go first? Sure. So I am the uh, golf writer for myfantasyfix.com. I've been doing it for two years now, and this will be my second year contributing on a football front with Michael Waldo. Uh, if you go to my fantasy fix, we we're revamping the site entirely. And we are coming up with an optimizer, which will be out here before week one of the regular season. This will include our Fantistics projections using the VAM rating. If you've ever gotten the Fantistics software, you know VAM is a big portion of, of the draft strategy that we use over Fantistics. We're now going to use that approach using VAM as far as each week's DFS contests go. So we'll have the projections, we'll have the VAM ratings. Everything to help you build a winning fantasy lineup in DFS, whether it's on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever other site you might be playing on. So I think that's some new exciting changes. We'll still have articles. I'll be writing an article. Ben, are you writing an article? Because I think I thought you might be. Uh, I've looked into it, uh, doing some hockey stuff for them, but nothing, nothing fully official yet. Okay, good, good. So, so yeah, more, uh, some more information will come out on that. Uh, we'll be having information come out as far as when that pricing and when to expect all that to start. I also host a uh, radio show here in Peoria, Illinois on Sundays about fantasy football called Peoria Fantasy Focus. In fact, I'll start this Sunday, 9 to 11, um, 1011 ESPN Peoria, if you'd like to listen in. And we will take questions during the season as far as should you play player A or player B. We love those questions. So even if you're not in the Peoria area and you just want to listen in online, Give us a listen to for that. So that's kind of where my experience is outside of here, outside of the fancy world. I am a high school business teacher and a golf coach, high school golf coach. So that keeps me busy, especially this time of year. Yeah, and and for me, I am an associate producer for Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. So that kind of I've been there for about two and a half years. Kind of let me in the door, and my job basically pertains to sitting and just soaking up fantasy football knowledge, which is definitely helpful in all my money leagues and my home leagues and to a, to a good, uh, good percentage of DFS as well. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of draft. I think draft might be the most fun thing in the world right now for me, but yeah, I absolutely love football. And then on the side, no one should listen to this. It's terrible. But a, uh, I host a White Sox podcast called 200.5 The Sock. It's pretty – it's basically me and friends, a couple friends just having some fun, trying to do something a little bit different in the podcast world. That's kind of turned into a commentary on sports fans in general. But that's kind of where I come from. I have a background with some radio. I have a background with some fantasy. And I'm kind of trying to bring them in uh, here together. 
Now, now, wait a minute. I, you know, you and I are fellow White Sox and Bears fans, which seems like an odd combination these days. So, I was going to go bashing the White Sox podcast. I'm oh no, all for that. Oh no, I it's it's a lot of fun. I I don't know if quality would be what what how I describe it though. It's 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 me and a few friends basically joking around on the internet, and we kind of put it out for people. But it it stays pretty pretty low key. I I don't normally recommend people listen to it because it's a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right. You know, you got to have those fun podcasts out there too. Yeah, no, we we have a good time with it. Um, but let's get into let's get into week one. It's it's a few weeks early, but there's no time better than now. DraftKings has had their contests up out up for a few weeks already. I've got some entries reserved as it is, but but let's look at quarterbacks. There there's some more expensive guys, and let me just ask you, Skeeter, of the let's say top three or four most expensive quarterbacks on DraftKings, who are you looking at? I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to end up in this range. If I do, it would be Drew Brees because I have no confidence in the Tampa Bay offense or defense to actually be able to stop the Saints. My problem with Brees is last year he was just not that great. I mean, yes, he had 5,000 yards, but only 28 touchdowns, and that's what we need here at DFS is the touchdowns. So, you know, as the third highest priced quarterback, he's probably the one I would go to, but I'm not real thrilled. I mean, even in both matches against Tampa Bay, he uh, was under 20 fantasy points each game. So 6,800, I don't know if I want to go there. I mean, you could always go to Brady at 7,200. Uh, Houston was certainly susceptible against the pass a year ago, and I know they've had some injuries with the receiving core there. But, you know, Cam, maybe rushing ability. I think I think Deshaun Watson will probably be the most popular play here because the Patriots defense was wasn't that great a year ago, and everybody remembers Watson before he got hurt, how how crazy he was, and 6,700, it is affordable, but for me, I think I will probably pass on this range. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you made some good points with Breeze. I think New Orleans kind of showed last year they're kind of going to, I don't know about a run-first offense, but a run-focused offense where they're not trying to get Breeze 350 yards and four touchdowns every week, and they're kind of morphing more into... 50% pass, 50% rush, and they've got, although week one they'll just have Alvin Kamara, they've got two guys who can carry the ball 15 or 20 times each if need be. So I think I agree right. with you on that one. And again, I, don't, I just worry about how Tampa, can Tampa even score enough to keep up with New Orleans, and they might just have to, and the Saints could just run the whole second half, killing Breeze's value. So I think there's better plays outside of the top four. Sure, and let's let's go to that next, that next level of price range. Once you get below... Uh, about 6,700, let's say, you know, is, is there one or two or maybe even more uh, names that are really pointing out to you? Well, I still think people will look at Roethlisberger because he's playing the Browns, but my uh, my basic strategy of Roethlisberger for the past few years is if he's on the road, don't play him. This game's in Cleveland. I will pass on Roethlisberger. Instead, what I might look at is like Phillip Rivers at 6,400 against the Chiefs, who's Defense was second worst last year against quarterbacks. I don't see them getting any better this year. And Rivers should have his full complement of weapons outside of Hunter Henry. I mean, Keenan Allen, we saw him just beast mode at uh, second half of the season last year. So I like Rivers at that price of 6400 I don't mind Mariota because I'm not a big believer in Miami's defense. And now with a new coaching staff in Tennessee, hopefully we'll optimize Mariota. I don't think he's a bad play at 6,300. In fact, I think he'll, he might go really under owned. But my favorite guy, and I think people will be scared off of him because of the defense he's facing, 
is Russell Wilson. 6200 seems just absolutely way too cheap for, for him. He's coming off 34 touchdowns. We know his rushing ability. He's not afraid to tuck the ball and start running, where he adds about 40 yards a game, so that's the equivalent of a passing touchdown. If he runs one in, then you're really in good shape. His defense now is, not, is going to be really bad. He might be playing from behind. And I look at a comparison game, you know, if we think Denver's defense is good, a year ago when he played, played Jacksonville, he put up 25 DraftKings points at, at the same price when nobody wanted to play him because of the tough matchup. So I think Russell Wilson's a great opportunity to get 4X on your value. Yeah, I, I agree for the most part with Wilson. I think you nailed it right on the head that Denver, a lot of people are still scared off. But honestly, that's, that's secondary – I know they, they gave up the third fewest points. It feels like it's a lot weaker this year than it was last year. It feels like everyone's gotten older, a couple guys have left. It's not going to be as, as vaunted as it is as it was the last few years. Right, and, and again, Wilson's not one who has to sit here and throw for 300 yards in order to hit value. His rushing ability alone, and if, and if I think Denver's just going to probably game flow be the one up a, up most of the game, then I'm not worried about Seattle having to run. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot, so Russell will be able to throw. He'll be able to run. I guess the only question is whether or not Doug Baldwin will be healthy enough for this game as he's out for the whole preseason with an injury. But he, but maybe at that point, too, that just means more Russell Wilson running around waiting for Tyler Lockett or Brandon Marshall to become open or something like that. Yeah, let me ask you about someone else because I I have some, some stock in him in season-long and we finally got to see him on the field again uh, last night. would have been the 9th of August, which is the start of week one of the preseason. Andrew Luck coming in at 6,100. He's going to be in Cincinnati. Uh, what are your thoughts on Luck? Actually, I think that game's at home. That's in Indy. So oh, at Indy. I apologize. No, that's all right. Um, I Boy, when he's, when he's normal, he's, what, a top four price quarterback? So now we're getting him with a discount because we haven't seen him in two years. I mean, that's the risk, and I know Cincinnati's defense is decent, but again, for the same reason of Russell Wilson, I think the talent is much greater than the price here. So for 6100 as long as he keeps progressing, I don't have a problem with it. Also, now that Marlon Mack looks like he might be out for at least a couple weeks, we'll, we'll hear later on today whether how serious that injury is. That might mean there's no running game in Indianapolis again, so they might be throwing even more, so... I think at 6,100, Luck's certainly a good GPP play. I'm not sure I would play him in cash just because it's been so long, so long since we've seen him, but I don't mind the play at all. Yeah, I, I have three GPP lineups plan, that I'm planning right now. Luck is in one of them at quarterback because I, I don't like to go top-level quarterback. I'll pick my matchup, and I'll pick a guy who I think can have a good game despite his price point normally. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't like paying top price, but I love that second tier for quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and so we've got the top tier. We've got the bottom tier. If someone really wants to load up with two good running backs, a couple good receivers, they need to go cheap on quarterback. Who are you looking at on DraftKings as a cheap quarterback play for week one? Well, I mean, here we go again. These injuries, we just found out Darius Geis is out for the year. So I don't know what Washington's going to do as far as a running game. Alex Smith is 5,600. He's not my favorite quarterback, but we saw him put up some upside a year ago. There's, I mean, there's some reports that Doxon's going to be okay. They still have Crowder. Hey, Jordan Reed ought to be healthy for at least this game, we would think. 5,600 against Arizona. I mean, we know Patrick Peterson's going to cover shut somebody down, but after that, that secondary was awful a year ago. So 
I don't necessarily mind looking at Alex Smith at 5,600. My favorite guy, though, is probably Case Keenum at 5,100 against that Seattle defense. I, people are going to be scared because they still think Seattle's defense is going to be pretty good. They've lost a lot of pieces. Keenum wasn't the, didn't have the highest upside even with Minnesota last year. But this is, again, another running situation. I don't know how much they have. He gets to throw to Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I think this is a pretty good matchup at 5,100. And then if you really wanted to punt, if you want to play the Blake Bortles game of uh, garbage time points count just as well, I want to rely on it. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 5,000 against the Saints. If, if we think the Saints are just going to get up big in this game and run away with it, that means Tampa's going to have to throw a ton. So Fitzpatrick at 5,000 is not the worst play in my in my world. And, yeah, I mean, with, whenever you play Ryan Fitzpatrick, you run the gambit of he could throw for four touchdowns or you could throw seven interceptions. Both have happened. <laughs> like, it, that's – I while I agree, I think it could be a good matchup, it's the kind of one where I think I'd rather target his receivers than target him himself just because – you know, those, those seven picks will instantly destroy any – you could have the perfect lineup outside that, and you might not cash from that kind of performance with Fitzpatrick. But I agree. Right, yeah. No, it's certainly a GPP play only, but again, at 5,000, I'm willing to take that risk if I want to in tournaments and build up on my running backs, receivers, or maybe pay up for a tight end as well. Definitely. Uh, let's go – from quarterbacks, let's jump over to the running backs now. Uh, some high-priced guys, some guys maybe coming off of injuries or are currently in a holdout. Uh, Skeeter, for the for the top-priced running backs, is there anyone in particular you're you're targeting or maybe staying away from? You know, Le'Veon Bell last year kind of did this same thing where he was he came off the holdout, had played Cleveland Week One, and did absolutely nothing. He scored seven point seven fantasy points. Looks like we might be trending towards that same decision. Again, we're recording this early August, so you know maybe he gets back before then if you're listening to this late August. But he's one I think I'm just going to avoid from now. Uh, David Johnson intrigues me because when he's at his top game, we saw him at over 10K, and Washington's not exactly a scary matchup. So I don't mind David Johnson at 8,800. I also like Elvin Kamara at 8,500. Again, no Mark Ingram due to suspension. I don't know who else they're going to have at running back. For me, Kamara just feels like the safest option, and we saw the upside he had last year in games. So if you're going to tell me he, he's, by, he's by himself against Tampa Bay, who is a defense I don't trust, and who he put up 30 fantasy points in both, both matchups a year ago, I think 8500 is a great play, price on Kamara, especially in a PPR format like DraftKings. He's probably the guy I'm looking at to uh, build my running back position around right now. Uh, just the one note, Terrence West right now, I believe, will be the, the oh, second running back man. for New Orleans. But that, yeah, not exactly something that lights the world on fire. Jeez. <laughs> uh, what, you know, what about, we'll step down a little bit, because I feel like I have him on, I have him picked in one a lineup or two. What about Ezekiel Elliott? He's kind of the fourth guy in that big four. Well, if he's going to go under, I'm looking right now, the opponent rank is second. And I don't know, who else does Dallas have right now? I mean, are they they really going to rely on Cole Beasley, Alan Hearns, and Michael Gallup? I mean, that seems like a little bit of a risky proposition. So you get a nice discount on Elliott. If he's going to go under own because of people just falling in love with Johnson and Kamara and they're scared off by that second, in tournaments, I might take a look at Elliott because he's going to be the entire Dallas offense. I don't know who else is going to produce for them. So I think he's in play. 
maybe you could go Leonard Fournette, but I'm not, I don't know what to do with Jacksonville and the run game. I'm not the biggest Fournette fan yet. So maybe a wait and see. Um, Kareem Hunt at 6,900 intrigues me again. He should be the only running back unless we start hearing Charkandrick West and, Oh, who's the other guy? Who was the guy that got hurt last year that gave Hunts? I can't think of the other Chiefs running back that could get involved. But if Hunts could be the guy, Spencer Ware, thank you. Yes, unless unless we're starting to see them getting involved. I know Hunt had that uh, middle that was it terrible November where he was doing absolutely like October November where he's doing nothing, but he did put up forty two fantasy points against the Chiefs or against the uh, Chargers in his last outing. 6,900 seems a little bit cheap for what should be a bell cow running back who is able to perform. I have some interest in hunts at 6,900. Well, yeah, the, the one thing that does interest me in with, with that is because I believe when he started taking off again, that was when uh, Andy Reed handed off the play calling abilities. And of course that was to the offensive coordinator. Who's now the head coach in Chicago. So while I think, yeah, while I think he, uh, well, I think Kareem Hunt, should be solid. I'm not, I can't really look at the end of last year as kind of a, here's why he'll play well again. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Cause I'm, I'm just not sure how Andy Reed's going to use him. If he's going to use him like he did in the middle of last year, if he's going to use him like he did against new England last year, or if he's not going to use him at all, I, I just don't know. Right. I agree. And, but you know, for that price, I'm willing to take a chance because he can easily get to 20, 21 points, which is 3x value, which is what I'm looking for. He has upside for 4x or more. I think it's a fair price. I will not be playing Melvin Gordon because I just don't know how much the Chargers trust him. And Eckler seems like, the, you know, they had some confidence in Eckler last year catching out of the backfield. So I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, go back to him in a passing game. What, what do you think about Saquon Barkley? I know he uh, had a first run last night in the first preseason game. Got everybody excited. Well, that's the way you beat. The way you beat Jacksonville is through the on the ground, so he's yeah. got some value here, I think. Yeah, I agree. I will say, I I like that you know he had a good run, but people noticed that one run, didn't notice the full stat line. Which, to be fair, you had the one run. It was it was a thirty-four yard run. I think he had thirty-seven yards on the the day. So it was that one run, and then a bunch of little nothing runs, which is fine. It's his first experience to get in a you know in game action, even if it's preseason. But I. I like Saquon Barkley a lot, but I think what, while the, the, the Giants have a somewhat improved line, I'm still not fully confident in that offensive line until I see it do some work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. And then the other name, I mean, this, this is an interesting area. I keep coming up with the names, so I apologize to everybody for throwing, keep throwing names out here, but do we believe Ron Rivera where he says Christian McCaffrey is going to get 20, 30 touches a game? Well, because if if so, sixty four hundred is a bargain price for him, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings. Yeah, twenty to thirty, I think is is unsustainable. Fifteen to twenty, I think is more likely, which is still a good workload for a guy in a PPR offense. I agree, but the 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 twenty to thirty is just that is coach speak, and that's the first number that came to his head, kind of thing, because that's. <laughs> That's what is it? Three hundred twenty to four hundred eighty touches for the season, and if Christian McCaffrey can survive that, uh, we ha- we have to check to see if he is human because he would not survive. Right. Plus, I mean, this is a Cam Newton offense where you know, he's going to have a role. Greg Olson's going to have some role in it. DJ Moore, um, 
Devin Funchess. Like, I just don't see McCaffrey all of a sudden becoming the David Johnson where he, he's just getting a bunch of touches. So I'm with you. I think it's 15 to 20, but, but at 6,400, I don't mind it. Last name I'm going to bring up, Dalvin Cook, uh, 6,200. Niners were awful against the run. We saw Cook flash before the injury. I think this is a decent price. I just wonder in, in Kirk Cousins' first game, how much are they going to run? How much are they going to pass? I, I don't quite know yet what to make of this 49ers-Vikings game. So, but, the, but the price on Cook is at least intriguing enough for me to at least consider it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's, he's at a very good price. And I think when all else fails, you lean on what you know worked. And while they're working with Kirk Cousins and they're, they're, you know, you're getting these rave reviews, they know Dalvin Cook can run the ball. So it wouldn't shock me week one if Dalvin Cook gets a little bit more of a uh, a little bit more of a role than he might normally, especially against a team that gave up the most points to running backs last year on DraftKings. Uh, so I I think I'd expect Dalvin Cook to get a little bit more carry in week one than he might the rest of the year, but I I'd like him at that price range for sure. And I like him much better than the opposite running back, the Jerick McKinnon re- revenge game. I don't like taking anybody against the Vikings defense. I think that's a legitimate defense. And as much as I think Garoppolo is going to be pretty good this year, um, I think I'm going to pass on the Niners week one. Yeah, I think I'm off Jerick McKinnon just in general. Uh, honestly, I never thought he was anything special. And I don't think that moving into this offense is going to change that. I'm much higher on Matt Breida in general than I am on Jarek McKinnon. It's easy. I think, I think Breed actually got hurt last night. I don't know how he's going to be for. So that's one again, as we record this, we'll find out later today, but in upcoming days, we'll have a better idea on Breed. So he might be out for a while. That's fair. I, I still, I tend to avoid McKinnon in general. And I, I agree with you on that, that Vikings defense. That is a scary unit to have to go up against. Yep. Uh, is there anyone, if you're, again, if you need to, to hit that, that punt play, that cheap, nothing bargain bin, hopefully they get a touchdown for the price you're paying. Who are you looking at Skeeter? Well, I'm going to take an early guess of the chalk running back will be Rex Burkhead at 4,200 with, with Sony Michelle looking like he might be out for week one. I know it's, it's always dangerous to play the Patriots running back uh, game, but Burkhead looks like he'll be the one to get the carries. James White could also maybe, if you you know, could maybe be involved at four thousand. But I think people will just go to Burkhead for how productive he is. He's probably going to be the one who's going to get the most carries. And at forty two hundred, if he's going to get 15, 20 carries and add four to five catches, he's going to be the chalk in this range. So I think he's definitely in play, especially if we get any indication. And I doubt it that he he will be in that starting role. Again, I'm not a big fan of Miami defense, so Deion Lewis at 4,900 could be a little bit intriguing, especially in a PPR format for me. I don't mind Alex Collins at 5,600 if he's going to be the Ravens' main running back against Buffalo. I think Buffalo's going to be another team that's just not very good this year. Outside of that, I'm not sure there's anybody who is really emerging yet. If Marlon Mack is out for a while, then maybe some of the Colts, whatever Colts uh, running back pops up, whether it's Hines, whether it's Wilkins, whether it's somebody else. Same thing for the Redskins. If, you know, with Geis out for the year, is it going to be Pirine? Is it going to be Chris Thompson? Is it going to be Rob Kelly? You know, if somebody emerges of that, I think, you know, this is where the pricing coming out so early, there's going to be cr- values created 
at the running back position there. Let me ask you about one player that I like a lot. Um, I think Chris Carson's going to end up starting week one because I, I just don't like what I've seen from Rashad Penny. Carson got the first carry of the first preseason game, and he only cost 4500 They are going against Denver, but if you're, if you're not afraid of Russell Wilson, are you afraid of playing Chris Carson? Yes, because I even though they drafted Penny, how much has Seattle really ever committed to the run game since Marshawn Lynch? I mean, it's also been it's just mainly been the Russell Wilson show. And where Carson's price, I'd rather pay up a little bit for Deion Lewis or pay down for whatever New England back I wanted. Now, if you want to take a two to three percent flyer on Carson, that then go for it in GPPs. But he's not on my radar against Denver. That yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's. Let's jump from running back. Let's hop over to receiver. And you look at right up, right up top, not a surprise, Antonio Brown, the most expensive. Uh, he and DeAndre Hopkins, the only guys over $8,000 on DraftKings. What are your opinion of those top receivers? I am a huge Antonio Brown fan in general, and I it always seems like he puts up really good games against the Browns. And, and in the same spot last year, that Le'Veon Bell coming off suspension, or not suspension, his holdout, it was the Antonio Brown show, 11 catches, 182 yards, didn't score a touchdown, but still put up 30, 30 DraftKings points. I I think he's in a great spot here. I would rather take him over DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is probably more a little more of a tournament play with an upside, especially with Watson. But if we know anything about Belichick, he likes to take away the team's best player. I would think this is Hopkins. And last year, he only had 7 for 76 in that game, which, while decent, isn't going to pay his 8300 uh, price tag off on DraftKings. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. I I I think it's never a bad play to put Antonio Brown in your lineup. No, as, no, especially against Cleveland. And as you said, uh, I'm worried about anything related to Le'Veon Bell in Week One. So if you can get someone who you know in that situation before has succeeded, that definitely makes me uh, makes me interested. What about that next core of uh, the four or five guys: Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen. Uh, that second that second level right below those top two. I will take Keenan Allen all day and say thank you very much. I don't trust the Chiefs' defense. Um, Allen didn't – I mean, the one knock against him is he didn't have very good games against uh, Kansas City a year ago, but I think I think we see the Chargers come out and throw a lot. And I do like Rivers, so it only makes sense for me to like Keenan Allen. But we saw have those explosive games. Again, 7500 is a little pricey for me. I'd rather just pay the extra 1100 for Antonio Brown if I can find it. And I think there's going to be enough running back values by the time week one comes around for me to go there. Um, Odell against Jacksonville, I think it's a fun matchup. I think it's a great tournament matchup, but I don't think he's one I'm going to be looking at. Uh, Thielen, 6900 that's probably fair, but if I'm going to choose a Vikings receiver, because I think him and Diggs are about the same, I'll save the 600 and go to Diggs. You're the Andrew Luck guy. If you like Andrew Luck, what about T.Y. Hilton at 6,800 as a tournament play? Uh, I mean, to be clear, I, I said, assume, yeah, assuming Andrew Luck's healthy, yes, I'm definitely going to be playing him. Uh, I like T.Y. Hilton a lot. Uh, I, I keep going, well, I haven't really played him in two years. And then I remember it's because Andrew Luck hasn't been healthy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's the kind of guy who he and luck had a really good connection before luck got, got hurt. So he's the kind of guy where exactly in that tournament lineup, he might be worth a play. He shouldn't be too highly owned just because people are going to be scared off from that fourth, uh, opponent, uh, points ranking. 
But I I could definitely see T.Y. Hilton in at least one lineup of mine. What what do you do with Mike Evans? Because that that he was not great last year. Barely got over a thousand yards. People are going to look at this, and again, if we think Tampa is going to be trailing, they ought to be throwing a lot. But something was off with Evans. I'm not sure I'm ready to go there quite yet, especially if he's going to see Lattimore a lot. I think I'm passing on Evans, even though this could be a higher scoring game. Yeah, I'm the same way. I tend to avoid Evans in most situations. I just don't think he's reliable enough for a, for a DFS lineup because you, while you want those high ceilings and those possibilities of great stuff, you want a high floor. And I feel like Mike Evans is just as likely to drop six passes that he should have caught on on any old week. And that's not <laughs> that's not when he's facing Marshawn Lattimore, who is elite. Uh, I agree. But let's go from not being able to catch anything to catch everything. The oldest man on the planet and still incredibly talented. Larry Fitzgerald is going to be at home against Washington. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I love playing Larry Fitzgerald no matter who the matchup is. And with him in the slot, you don't love his quarterback situation with Bradford, but I feel confident that he'll get me at least something. I'm fine with Fitzgerald if Norman doesn't shadow him. I don't I don't I don't remember if Norman likes shadowing people in the slot or not, but he, I know, I know. Until uh, when he was in Carolina, he was very big on just staying on the one side. I don't remember if he followed. I, I know he followed Odell, but that was more just to screw with Odell. <laughs> I'm not sure if he'll actually follow into the slot. Yeah, um, if that's the case, then I don't mind some Fitzgerald because I would assume Bradford's probably going to be looking his way a little bit, and there's nobody else to throw to in Arizona outside of maybe Seals Jones. We'll see if Christian Kirk emerges as the second receiver. I mean, David Johnson will probably take a little bit away. So, for me, Fitzgerald's probably a little bit more of a cash play as long as Norman isn't on him. Um, my guy down here, and maybe it's just because I, I, I don't know why he's won. He's won me some contests and some leagues before, but I'm a huge Demarius Thomas fan, and you know, I don't think people realize the fact that he still has 80 plus catches the past few years with no consistent quarterback play. Now you get Case Keenum, who at least is going to be a better quarterback than anybody that they've seen since Peyton Manning's heyday. And 5,700, I can see Demarius putting up 20 points here against a bad Seattle secondary who doesn't have Richard Sherman anymore. So I, I like Thomas, and if you want to go cheaper than Emmanuel Sanders, I don't have a problem with that one either. Yeah, I've, I've been loading up on Thomas. Uh, the big concern with him the last few years has been lack of touchdowns. But when your quarterbacks have been an old – old Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler and the other trash he's had to play with Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon. And uh, who was the, the other one uh, Paxton Lynch. Like oh, oh yes. Like when that's, Ugh. when that's your quarterback, it's almost excusable to not be able to catch touchdowns. And like you said, still making all those receptions with those guys there. Uh, I am a big fan of both Thomas and Sanders. I prefer Thomas personally, but for the price cut, I totally understand going to Sanders. I agree. Um, Corey Davis is one that's interest, in, interesting me. Rashard Matthews has like an undisclosed injury, which nobody seems to know what's going on with him. I think people are expecting that sophomore breakout from Corey Davis. I'm not thrilled with Miami. 5,600. I, I like the upside here of Davis with a shot here. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I'll start with this with Davis, where I feel like the casual player sees he doesn't have a picture and is just going to avoid him as, as, as simple as that sounds. But yeah, he's the yep. kind of guy who, 
he's the kind of guy who I feel like could definitely go off. He's, he, you know, with a, a, a young wide receiver, you don't expect much of the rookie year. But once you get to that second year, I expect to see something from you. And he did have a couple decent games at the end of the season last year. So maybe it's just, you know, finally figuring things out with Mariota, again, new offense. I'm willing to take the chance, especially against Miami, who I don't have a whole lot of faith in. Uh, a couple other guys that I'm intrigued by. Well, if I like Russell Wilson and if, if Doug Baldwin's going to be out, Brandon Marshall at 3,700 seems way too cheap. If he's even health, if he's healthy enough to go, I don't mind him because that's just a bargain price on what on an established veteran receiver. If you want maybe more of an upside, Tyler Lockett's 4,300. Again, you don't have to play a receiver, Russell Wilson, but if you're looking to, I think those are two nice cheap options that you can go with. Alan Hearns at 4,700. If he's healthy enough, again. I expect him to be Dallas's quote-unquote best receiver. If he's not, I mean, Cole Beasley has been Dak Prescott's favorite target. What do you think of him at 3,600 in a PPR? We saw him have a productive 2016, didn't do much last year. Dak's already come out and said he's, you know, he's uh, Dak's most reliable guy. No Dez, no Witten. Somebody's got to catch passes, and it looks like Beasley might be the early favorites. Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, Cole Beasley is still that that PPR darling uh, for me. I think he's definitely the kind of guy. I know last year he really had trouble getting more than three or four catches in a game, but that offense in general was really down. And I think now you have, you know, Zeke's going to be there. You know that offense is going to be back to normal. I think you're definitely going to see a nice bounce back from Cole Beasley. More 2016, less 2017 Cole Beasley. I would agree. Uh, one final name. I remember I saw this a couple of weeks ago, but some some beat writer for Jacksonville said that he thinks that Keelan Cole by midseason will be the Jacksonville's number one receiver. He's only thirty eight hundred. The Giants, who couldn't cover anybody a year ago, it's a risk. I know because it's relying on Blake Bortles, but he kind of had some night. He, he his second half towards the end, he had some big games, and if he's going to emerge as the number one receiver, I don't necessarily mind taking a chance on him at, at thirty eight hundred. Thoughts no. on anybody in Jacksonville? Well, well, yeah, I was going to say, I actually have a lot of interest in Jacksonville just because I think I, I think the Giants' office and offense is poised for a breakout. I think everyone's healthy. Eli can go as long as he's got the support around him, and he's got the support around him this year. So I think that offense is going to be firing on all cylinders. I know it's against Jacksonville, who normally who's, has a very stout defense, but I think this could be a game that gets a little bit higher up in score. I don't trust the defense year to year, even if they've got a lot of the same guys back. I don't trust it until I see them in action. So I would be fine with attacking the Jacksonville passing game because I think there's a chance uh, that the Giants are in the lead late. What about attacking the Giants passing game with Keelan Cole? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you got your teams mixed up. Oh, sorry. I, uh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I meant attacking with the jo- with the Jaguars passing game. Okay. Yeah, I apologize. That was that was me striking. No. <laughs> it happens. Point saying, Boy, if you're sitting here talking about that, then you might like Sterling Shepard, forty five hundred. Yeah, I, no, nobody's going to play him. If they're going to play anybody, it'll, it'll be Odell. And if if all if Jalen Ramsey is going to cover Odell, and all the focus is going to be there, maybe Sterling Shepard emerges as the forgotten giant, especially after Barkley's been drafted, and people will take Ingram because well. You can beat Jacksonville with a tight end. I remember Vance McDonald just going nuts against him in the playoffs last year. So yeah, maybe Shepard goes really underowned if you're that confident. If you think the Giants could actually move the ball against Jacksonville, I haven't actually thought about that. That is something I'm going to have to look into. I like that that play a lot, actually. 
Uh, let's go to speaking of the tight ends. Let's go to those tight ends. Uh, and we start at the top, of course. No, no surprise at who the top two are. It is uh, Rob Gronkowski at sixty nine hundred because life is a meme <laughs> and the world works that way. I I almost want to say they set up the algorithm to be like, all right, the only thing that has to you set everything around this Rob Gronkowski has to be sixty nine hundred. Uh-huh. Oh, conspiracy theory. This is just a mere coincidence, right? Uh, no chance. No. I, I refuse no, to no. believe it's a chance. No. And then no. uh, right below him, $500 cheaper, Travis Kelsey at 6400 What do you like about those top tight ends? I mean, I'll go Gronk. I think he's got the higher upside. I'm not a guy who likes paying up at tight end and not sure this is the week I'm going to. But if I'm going to, Gronk's got 30-point potential. Kelsey does too, but I think Gronk's more of a boomer bust option. Kelsey would be more, maybe more of a cash game play for me. Um, you know, Gronk did put up 23 points against the Texans in that matchup a year ago, eight for 89 with a touchdown. So, and I don't know who else you're going to throw to outside of Hogan because Jordan Matthews got released, Malcolm Mitchell got released. They, I mean, they brought in Eric Decker, Edelman suspended. I have no idea what the Patriots are going to do, so maybe maybe the smart play here is just go back to Mr. Reliable while he's healthy and go to Gronk. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when Rob Gronkowski is actually healthy, he's kind of the way that Patriots offense goes because they can change on a dime and change on who's healthy. But when Rob Gronkowski is healthy, I don't remember him ever really disappointing or at least not at least putting something together because with his, where his price ranges, that's a different story. But right. when he's truly healthy, I feel like the, the offense runs through him. Right, I agree. I, but for me, if I'm going to look at cash games, I like – there's some values down here. Delaney Walker at 4900 he's still probably Mariota's favorite target. I think that's a good uh, price. We just mentioned Evan Ingram. Vance McDonald had his career game in the playoffs against Jacksonville a year ago, so you could think Evan Ingram might be the same there. Um, if you want to play Jordan Reed while he's healthy, $4,000 against Arizona, a team that prior last year had traditionally struggled against the tight ends. I mean, that's again, here's another one. Talents better than the price, in my opinion. I think he's worth a play. And, well, if we're talking about talent better than the price, uh, Tyler Eifert sitting there at 3400 He's a great red zone threat. And for 3400 if I can get at least a touchdown out of him and maybe throw in some catches, I think he can easily pay off that $3,400 salary. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's a lot easier in week one when everyone appears to be healthy to go with someone like Reed or Eifert, although Reed already has a queue next to him on DraftKings. <laughs> uh, maybe that's just a glitch. Maybe it's yeah, just, every, just time they, uh, every time Jordan Reed is uh, not out, they just put a queue because, well, that's just what Jordan Reed is. Right, if you say his name three times, he, gets, he becomes <laughs> questionable for the week. I, I tend to agree. Yes. I tend to agree. I like Jack Doyle a lot as well. Again, going back to Andrew Luck. I know he hasn't always played well with the tight ends, but is going against a team that really struggled facing them last year in Cincinnati. Can I tell you my problem with Jack Doyle? Is Eric Ebron is there. So which one are they going to throw to? I mean, there's two legitimate tight ends. I... That's my concern is That's I don't know fair. how this is going to play out. It's kind of, kind of similar like Tampa Bay with Cameron Brady and O.J. Howard. you got two threats, but it's hard to have any confidence in either one because it could be the other, which I guess makes a great tournament play then if you can guess the right uh, tight end for Indianapolis or Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's true. I just 
I don't think I've ever been excited by Eric Ebron. I've never been an Eric Ebron guy. And he's got all the potential in the world and has never been great. I know that the Colts have been hyping him up, but I feel like that's what you do for a new player on your team. Um, I, st- I, I think Doyle is going to be the one. I'm doing that with no real proof, just the way it feels like with that, that Colts offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Watson, 3100 Tampa Bay. Maybe he's a cheap punt, but again, I think I'd rather take pay 300 more for the upside with Eifert. But if you're looking to stack the Saints, I don't think that's a terrible move. Um, Ricky Seals Jones at 3,000. We saw him put up two monster games last year. Washington certainly struggles against the tight end. Um, thoughts on Ricky as long as he's not any legal issues by then? That was going to be my answer was let me wait and see. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a lot of skill. When you have a quarterback who maybe isn't the most familiar, you know, a a newer quarterback, I think the tight end's always a pretty safe play. Although we said Fitzgerald might be the the, the play with with Sam Bradford. Uh, I think Seals Jones could be a good play as well for that offense going against against Washington. All right, last one I'll throw out to you. If he is signed, because gosh knows the Chargers need somebody, Antonio Gates, 2,600. Yes or no? Uh, I've been I've been stick, staying away from Antonio Gates. Yeah. Uh, for me, at least, I've been look I've been circling Virgil Green all over. I, oh, I'm nice. on the Virgil Green train. He's the he's only twenty seven hundred. He's a very big pay up from from Gates, a full hundred dollars. <laughs> but I just think they've finally said, you know what, Antonio, we've done this three years in a row. They're gonna. I think they fully Brett Favre him at this point. I, I think you know what, you're you're done. It's fine. Well, I don't know. I mean, the way that it takes is one Virgil Green injury, and all of a sudden, boom! There you go. Gates <laughs> Gates is back. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, that team is snake bit. Like that team should just win the AFC West so easily, but yet every it's year. the Chargers, and they'll find a way and. Every time I say this is the Peoria show, there's a Charger fan around here who gets really upset with me. So he should, if yeah. anything, he should know. He's like he's he's watched it every. It's every year. It is like clockwork. About August first, you'll get a tweet: <laughs> Chargers star X out for the year instantly. Well, let's hope Keenan Allen makes it through a second year fully healthy because I don't think he's done that yet. Yeah, he's 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 got some problems as well. All right, let's. I'd say let's go to the kicker, but thankfully everyone's in agreement. Goodness, kicker's gone. Don't have to worry about some chip shot miss costing you a hundred thousand dollars ever or, again. Or worry about the fact that you're already eliminated tournaments because Cairo Santos kicked seven field goals in a game, or whatever <laughs> random Chiefs kicker. <laughs> Yeah, I I was never pro kicker. I I'm trying to get it removed from all my season long leagues, and I'm I'm getting some some but they're fun arguments, and that's not really enough for me. But on to the defenses, uh, the top price defenses, the Ravens and the Jaguars, followed closely by the Saints and Vikings. Who are you looking for in defense? Well, if I'm paying up, let's go with the Ravens because. Which Buffalo quarterback are they going to face? Is it A.J. McCarron? Is it Nathan Peterman? Is it Josh Allen? I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a common theme, I think, all year. Probably can play whatever defense is playing Buffalo, because I, outside of Sean McCoy, and we'll see how he lasts with age and off-the-field issues and all that. 
I think that's uh, that's a way you could look. Um, Carolina intrigues me a little bit because I again I just don't think the Dallas offense is going to be all that great. I'll say that you know if I'm willing, if I'm looking down a little bit, I've I've been picking on the Dolphins all day. I don't mind the Titans at twenty nine hundred. I just don't know how's my I don't trust Miami Tannehill coming back. They should run Kenyon Drake, but it seems like they were trying to get Frank Gore involved and Kellen Ballage. And so, I don't know. The Titans are a defense that intrigues me. Any, any other sleeper defenses or anybody that you really like? Um, defense has always been – that's the one spot I normally will go, I'll just pay up for. I'll take the top matchup normally. I, I'm never really – that's the one position I never really play around with. Uh, but if I had to say someone under 3K, I know I just sang the praises of uh, Larry Fitzgerald and said maybe Ricky Seals-Jones could do something. It's still Sam Bradford throwing the ball in Arizona <laughs> right now. So yep. the Redskins for 2,800 is not at all a bad play for me. Yeah, or or maybe even the Cardinals at 2,500 if you want to. And I'll go to the other side of that, exactly. If you're, if you're yeah. not sure about the uh, the Alex Smith in uh, in – Washington experience. I'd agree. I mean, I don't, I just, there's maybe, maybe Dallas. If you, I mean, is Carolina, you just never know with, yeah, but, but I, right, I think it's even a stretch. That's if, if you were let, if you would let me pick a defense about six minutes into a game, I would absolutely be able to tell you whether or not to play Dallas. Right. The, it, the, that three plays from scrimmage into Cam Newton's game, you're set. You know what he's, if he's going to be, stumbly or if he's going to be passing that day and that's all you need unfortunately we can't pick that and i can't i can't really say take them or not right now right yeah but no i i think the ravens are the top tier one um and i i kind of i'm i come kind of warming to tennessee as the uh quote-unquote cheaper value the under 3k one for me personally yeah i agree all right so we have covered each position for you uh We'd like to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Fantasy Fits podcast. Uh, my name is Bennett Carroll, Skeeter Robinson. Skeeter, where can they catch you on Twitter? Sure, it's at Skeeter Robinson. And please remember, right now we are running a contest. If you rate and review this podcast, uh, let's, let's restrict it to iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you rate and review it, well, first of all, thank you. We appreciate it. Please be honest so we know what we can do better. But also, you'll be putting in a drawing for a free 2018 football subscription to My Fantasy Fix. So if you're the only one who does it, hey, guess what? You're the winner. So, and as far as I'm concerned, you can do it once per site. So you want four chances? Rate us on on all four sites. Let us know what you think. We'll put you into the drawing, and we'll probably draw around Labor Day weekend for that. Yeah, sounds great. That's a, that's a great value. Definitely something worth uh, worth a rate and review. Uh so that's, uh, that's, that's going to be it for us. Uh, thank you, and have a good one.